1: Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Bellans and Veronica Maduna. Research by New Zealand geoscientists published today reveals that Antarctic glaciers have retreated rapidly in the past and that all it took was a minor climate warming. Richard Jones and Andrew McIntosh, both at Victoria University, have analyzed rocks collected from different elevations along the Mackay Glacier, which drains the massive East Antarctic ice sheet. The chemical analysis shows that about 7,000 years ago this glacier retreated and thinned very quickly and that the retreat continued for several centuries, providing the first geological evidence for the potential of runaway ice loss in Antarctica.
2: We found that several thousand years ago this glacier retreated and thinned very rapidly and it thinned at a rate uh, similar to some of these rapidly um, changing parts of Antarctica today. And this persisted for uh, several hundred years. Uh, and it only took a tiny bit of climate change to initiate this retreat.
1: Can you put a time frame on it? When exactly are we talking
2: about? Uh, this occurred about 7,000 years ago and yeah, persisted for uh, several hundred years.
1: You're reading this information from rocks, though, not from the existing ice. Can you tell me how?
2: Well we um, go into the field and we target these ice-free areas adjacent to the glacier and we then um, collect rocks exposed on the sides of the glacier at various elevations and these rocks are telling us the past thinning history of the glacier. We do this by measuring the nuclei signal um, contained within the rocks.
3: So cosmic rays come from space from things like supernovas Uh, They bombard the Earth continuously. Most of them get eaten up in the atmosphere. These are the things that irradiate you when you're flying an aircraft. But some of them make it down to the surface, and they cause uh, small changes in the chemistry of the upper few centimetres of rocks. We can count the the changes that occur in the top of rocks like that to get an age for the rock surface, the time it's been exposed to the sky. Um, Not the age of the rock, but the time that the glacier dropped off this rock beside the ice.
1: So quite literally, if you take a cut off the surface of the rock, you can see whether it's been under ice, in ice, or exposed. How far back can you go with that?
2: It depends on the the nucleides in the rock, but uh, it can go back um, several million years.
3: Luckily, this was just a few thousand years ago, so I think we can do that really, really accurately. Um, And when you said a cut of the rock, that's exactly what we do. Go into the field with a saw and cut the, the top part of the rock off with a with a saw, take the rock back to Wellington and uh, do the chemistry.
1: Were you expecting this? I mean you obviously went to this particular glacier for a reason but were you expecting to see this?
2: Uh, Well we know today that some of these glaciers that are thinning rapidly um, have retreated into uh, over deepening um, where the the rock underneath the ice uh, deepens quite far below sea level and We have a similar um, kind of trough uh, downstream of this glacier that we studied. So the the theory was that this glacier in the past retreated and must have experienced some sort of similar thinning. But interestingly, we don't really know about the response time. So this study uh, is quite important in recognizing um, the fact that this occurred, but also that this um, persisted for several hundred years.
3: I don't think we expected to find this at all. Um, I think that after we found it, we scratched our head a little bit and we realised that there was a good reason for it. But but we went down there to understand the retreat of the ice sheet since the last glacial maximum, when the ice sheet was larger than present about 20,000 years ago. We know there's an ice sheet there today. It has a certain geometry. It was bigger in the past. We were trying to find out when that change occurred. What Richard found was really dramatic, that most of this change occurred in one event that lasted for just a few hundred years and that occurred about 7,000 years ago. We thought it might have happened 15,000 years ago or something like that around the time when most of the change was occurring in ice sheets worldwide. But actually it was 7,000 years ago um, in a climate very similar to today and there was just this dramatic change in the ice sheet, unexpected.
1: So can you tell me a bit more about the climate Mm -hmm. at the time because there must have been... If it's such a visible change, there must have been some change in the climate conditions.
3: From ice cores, we know that the climate in Antarctica returned to something like today's climate around 10,000, 12,000 years ago. It was a bit warmer back then, actually, we think, um, but not much, just a little bit warmer than today. And around 7,000 years ago, it was probably about the same as today. We don't think that the the climate specifically around 7,000 years ago was the thing that caused the ice retreat. The warming that occurred at the end of the last ice age was the trigger of the massive retreat of the ice sheet. And uh, at a certain point, uh, Mackay Glacier, where where we've been studying, um, became sort of independent of that large ice sheet and uh, then underwent its own rapid sort of transformation about 7,000 years ago. We probably wouldn't look for individual kind of tr- climate triggers at that time. It, it might have been something pretty minor um, that caused the ice to to retreat back at that time.
1: It could have been also, rather than a change in, say, temperature or or other conditions, it could have been influenced by changes of the ice sheet around it.
2: Yeah, as the ice sheet was retreating after the last ice age, the critical point was when this particular glacier separated from the rest of the ice sheet but it would still kind of probably be some small little change in the climate, uh, possibly um, just a couple of years of warmer ocean temperatures that would have been enough to initiate the retreat of that particular glacier. But then once it encountered this this deep trough, that's, that then accelerated the the ice loss of the glacier.
1: I'm always tempted to ask, you know, what does it mean for our future, but I'm not sure whether we can draw conclusions from this finding Forward might be coming, or can we?
2: Quite a few of the outlet glaciers um, of the Antarctic ice sheet are thinning rapidly and are theorized to uh, kind of undergo massive changes in ice loss. So, this provides some insight that if you get th- uh, retreat of glaciers into some of these overdeepenings, which exist under the West Antarctic and East Antarctic ice sheet, then ice loss can accelerate for several hundreds um, to a thousand years. So it just provides some insight into this process um, and uh, provides a kind of a time frame of uh, certain changes that we could expect in the future.
3: Another way of of thinking about this is that um, before Richard's study, um, we had theory about how ice sheets might respond, and we had computer models that in some respects encapsulate that theory, um, but we had no direct geological evidence that this had occurred in the past. Uh, we had observations from satellites that span just a few decades um, from observations from people. So, you know, the first time that explorers went to Antarctica, they noticed the extent of the ice and so on. But Richard's study um, extends that period of observation back over thousands of years, not just sort of, a you know, tens or a hundred years. And that gave us an example of this this sort of rapid ice retreat that can um, be initiated from this thing called the marine ice sheet instability, the process that could result in very rapid unexpected change in the future. So it gives us a sort of an analogue for what could, I mean, even though it it doesn't provide predictions, it does provide an example um, of how this can occur, um, the the period of time that that might extend over, and also that the rate at which ice might retreat at, um, because You know, from Richard's study we get clear statistics that tell us about thinning rates and thinning periods um, for this kind of behaviour.
1: Can I keep you talking about this idea of the marine ice sheet instability? You referred to it as the overdeepening before. This relates to both Antarctic ice sheets, east and west. Can you explain that?
3: and, And many other glaciers around the world that have deepening bedrock behind their current terminus. It's not that intuitive because... When most people think about glaciers, they think they sit on top of a mountain range. Uh, that is true in many cases, but um, as ice sheets grow, for example, in Antarctica, they, uh, they coalesce and thicken and, and, and invade uh, the land that sits below sea level as well. They, they displace the sea um, and they reach a certain extent, but that means that they have a vulnerability when they start to retreat. That area that used to be the ocean is then exposed again. As they retreat backwards, they thicken, <clears throat> And the thicker ice is uh, sort of a, a little bit more vulnerable to, to retreat. It's uh, flowing with greater stress, and you get a positive feedback. A little bit of ice retreat leads to, to much greater la- rates of ice loss.
1: And this was Andrew McIntosh, and you also heard from Richard Jones, who are both at Victoria University's Antarctic Research Centre. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web. rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Matewa.